This is Transistor.fm. Hey everyone, welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the behind the scenes story of building a web app in 2020. I'm John Buda, a software engineer. And I'm Justin Jackson. I do product and marketing. Follow along as we build transistor.fm. You noticed that Chris last time did a little max headroom on that yeah. transistor.fm. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty fun. I like, I like yes. those little touches. Uh-huh. He's good at that. I, I heard an interesting idea from Ben Ornstein on the Art of Product podcast. They, he's reading this book on being a better CEO. And one of the things that the CEO, CEO recommended were these uh, reviews you can do with another person, whether it's a business partner or a direct report. Basically what you do is you say, I like it when blank... And then uh, I wish blank. And so as an example, you, mm-hmm. might, you might say, oh, actually, what was the example that he gave? Um, you know, I like it when Ben tweets about Tuple to his audience. I wish that Ben would spend more time on Tuple calls with our customers, was some of the feedback he got from his two partners. And so basically the format is these, these things get written into a doc and then the person who received the feedback, and you can imagine how (laughs) scary this would be in some ways. The person who received the feedback reads it out and they reiterate it in their own words to ensure that the person who wrote it, that's actually what they meant. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, because you might be like, um, I wish that Justin's breath didn't stink so bad. <laughs> and then I could read it and you'd be like, wait, no, that's not what I meant. What I meant was I wish that Justin would answer my pull requests faster. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that would be quite a departure. But- that would be. Also, I have no idea what your breath smells like. So. <laughs> Chris Enns had this funny tweet where where he was like, does anybody else like watch a YouTube video and as they're watching this talking head go, I'll bet you their breath smells real bad. (laughs) 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 I never thought of that, but now I'm going to think of that all the time. Uh, Anyway, so uh, they reiterate it in their own words. And then they have to decide if they accept that feedback or not. And so, uh, like in my case, maybe you say, Justin, I wish that you answered my pull requests faster. Mm -hmm. I can either accept that feedback or say, no, I I don't accept that feedback. If I accept it, then you and I would make a plan together for how we're going to address that feedback. So maybe we would say, uh, let's, like, you might say, you know, if you could get back to my pull requests within the hour that would be perfect. And I would say, you know what? I think I can do that. Let's try that for a month. And then, uh, you know, in, in a month time, we'll do this again and we'll decide if this was helpful. Mm-hmm. So he said it was an interesting experience uh, because 
of you know he was scared going into it right yeah that's some uh that's some extreme vulnerability you're opening yourself up to <laughs> yeah well, how how big is it is it just two of them it's three of them okay and he was more concerned he was less concerned for himself about the feedback he would get and more <laughs> concerned about the feedback he was giving and that they would be offended <sighs> but i can see it, it yeah it's part of the exercise just like beforehand trying to uh make sure that people just aren't offended like it's not meant to be offensive it's not meant to i mean it's it's meant to clear the air it's meant right. to it's meant to address things that might be simmering that would be difficult to just bring up in conversation and it has the benefit of both having this, you know, articulating encouragement, like um, that you might not normally articulate, mm -hmm. but at the same time being able to go, this bugs me, or this, right. I wish that, you know, Justin would stop doing this or start doing this or would be more sensitive about this or whatever it would be. And... He reports that he was nervous going into it, but after they had a sense of just lightness, like the the air had been cleared, there was no kind of weight anymore on them. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I thought it was interesting. It might be something you and I should try at some point. It sounds like what I was doing in my last job for, you know bi-weekly reviews with people mm -hmm. it's like similar type of stuff yeah and 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 how was that um it's tough okay <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to no, it's hard to get used to and because you become friends with these people and then then you have to tell them what they're doing that you know can be improved or yeah that their breath stinks right uh, <laughs> um did they give you feedback as well? Was that part of it? I would it? ask for it, but they they generally didn't have a lot. I think I think it's just hard for people to talk about. Mhm. Mm yeah. It's like really if you're not used to it, it's really hard. Yeah. I was also thinking um I think we can reveal this now. We we've hired somebody on a contract basis to help us with customer support. Yeah. Uh Helen, Helen Riles. She's awesome. If you see her in the chat, then uh, there's already, I've noticed people are already uh, uh, saying hi to her. They, she, she's been nice. responding to so many things. People yeah. now know to address her. Uh, and I, I just did our first kind of phone call with her. Uh, she'd been, she'd been, you know, working with us on a part-time basis for two months. And I basically did everything wrong in that conversation, <laughs> mostly because like she had to initiate it. So she was the one that said, Hey, you know, it's been a couple of months. Maybe we should connect and just right. talk. So that was mistake number one. Um, and well, actually I think once we got into it, it was fine, but uh, I can see a format like this being helpful in a situation like that as well, because then it gives you, on one hand, you can say, 
you know, um, and more specifically, she can say, you know, I like it when you help me this way, but Mm -hmm. I wish that, and that could be anything that could be, I wish that I had more hours. I wish that I, um, you know, whatever that is, whatever that wish is can be articulated. And so, yeah. Yeah. It also, yeah. I guess if you have a regular cadence to that too, it, it lets, you know, it brings issues to the surface before they're a problem. Yeah. I, I was even thinking that this might be a good practice to get into in my relationships. I mean, not my real, all my relationships specifically my, with my spouse, uh, because, you can see how it'd be helpful. You can only choose one thing on both sides. So you can't have a laundry list of huh. like everything, right? Right. The airing of all the grievances at once. Yeah. Which, how it sounds. Yeah. Which, which is how it normally goes, at, at least in, in my experience, right? It's like something uncorks your fury and then, uh-huh. and then it's just everything you just comes unload out. everything. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so this this having a natural cadence, whether it's weekly or biweekly or monthly, and then it's you can choose one thing to say, you know, I really do appreciate this about you. Like this is incredible, and I've I've actually never articulated that. But on the other side, to say, you know, I wish that we could, uh, what would be in our house? I wish that we could process our mail. Uh, in a way that didn't leave it on the kitchen counter forever. <laughs> how, how are you at processing mail? Oh, there's just, yeah, there's piles of it. <laughs> Things I just don't need. <laughs> but also should probably shred, but don't have a shredder. So Yeah, yeah, it just, it just stays around forever. Yep. So anyway, something to think about. I think... I, I think I'd like to try it with you, even though there is a part of me that is nervous about it. It feels like it would be a healthy practice. Yeah. And I thought I'd share it with everyone else because, yeah, it's... Uh... So what are what have you been working on? What What's the update since last week? Uh, mostly, let's see, where was I last week? What were we working on? I think I had, had I, we had been started, let's see, I'd started the Tailwind dashboard right Mm -hmm. our new dashboard built on tailwind css Um, i had been building out some templates outside outside of our main app our main rails app Uh, and we kind of went through that stuff a couple times Uh, i went through it earlier this week Mm kind of to the point where it was like all right this is starting to look good it's actually probably a good time to just integrate all this stuff into our main rails app because mm-hmm. then you'll be you'll be working with actual our actual code and our and some actual data and there's a lot of there's a lot of little edge cases of things that you know there's like conditionals in the templates where you know if if your podcast is in this state then show this or mm-hmm. if your user account is delinquent then show this stuff or whatever um mm-hmm and also, we it was kind of like we were, as we were demoing it, it was like, we can't show an upload because it's not in the main app. So why don't we just move it over to the app, put this in a branch, and 
uh, start playing around with the real deal. Yeah. Yep. So that's what I've been doing this week. Um, and it's been going pretty well. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, there's some construction <laughs> going on in the background. <laughs> I'm just expecting some guy to like bust the, <laughs> bust through the wall behind you with a big sledgehammer. Yeah, um, Chris, I don't know if you want to keep this in or keep it out. You do whatever you want with it. Or maybe that's a good metaphor for rebuilding your dashboard. <laughs> the real life, real life metaphor. Yep. Yeah, um, <laughs> there were certain components that I just. I don't know, we're hard to build without an actual, without the actual web app running. So mm-hmm. uh, I started that process. It's going, it's going pretty well, but it is, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Most of the different pages and layouts and different types of, of layouts we have um, won't be too hard to get done, but a lot of the other stuff, which is like mostly relying on JavaScript that we had before that was kind of pre-built with our framework that we we're using, uh, that'll take a little bit to, to get back back to where it was um but it also like i think what we talked about is it gives us an opportunity to sort of like build out this thing page by page but also revisit a few areas or at least it'll give us a better sense of what we want to kind of improve down the road because i'm trying i'm trying not to make it too different i don't want to rebuild a dashboard and then and just like put it in front of people and then they're going to be confused or upset that it's different and they don't know how to do anything. So it's Mm -hmm. like, there are some differences, but it's not, it's not major. Yeah. But it's good. It's a good exercise. I think to, well, one to just kind of look back at everything we've built Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then, you know, make a list of things of areas that need improvements, um, navigationally or just, as you know, UX, um, kind of just ease of use yeah, for certain parts of the site. Yeah. So. It, it kind of allows you to look at things again in a new light. And I think this is actually a good practice. There's that old Jolon software blog post where he tells you never to rebuild your app. Yeah. And I think actually in retrospect, that's bad advice because eventually you've got to move forward. So, so, so this, the idea, uh, sorry, I know you want to jump yeah. in here. No, I mean, I, sh- sure. I, I don't think we're rebuilding it though. If, no, uh, we're not rebuilding to. it. I, but this is one of those projects that kind of has that smell of, uh, it's going to be big. It's going to take way it, longer than yeah. you think it's going to take. You're, you're going to open up one cabinet and then actually you're going to open up one wall and you know, you're going to find, all you wanted to do was change the paint color, but now you got to change the electrical and everything else. Yeah, I mean, it has it has the potential to become the, this endless project where it's like, all right, we've we've updated the design, but now let's rebuild this section of the dashboard before actually releasing what we have. I think the it ju- it's just making me think about that because I remember that Joel and Software thing that said you should never rebuild your app. There's just so many apps that don't progress and i think you kind of need to do both you need to progress iteratively so in this case we are you know we're switching out our ui framework and that it feels like a big step but it's not so big it's not like rebuilding the whole thing right i do also think eventually you need to 
move to V2. You need to have a new version of the app. Um, maybe not in all cases. I, this is obviously conditional, but the, the concern uh, is yeah. there are some really old, crusty apps out there, and <laughs> that if you let it go for too long, then you're you know up the river. I guess, right, it depends. <laughs> it depends on who's involved. Is it a new team? Is it like, I, I would not want to rebuild this, right? I, I wouldn't want to rebuild a version two of Transistor because I'm just doing the same thing over. Yeah. I'd rather just hire someone to do it <laughs> or whatever. Like, or if we had, if we had hired multiple developers and like they were more excited to do it. Yeah. Sure. If it made sense, but like building the same thing again is not fun. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's kind of a catch. I actually heard another podcast uh, with Mike from FreshBooks. And what they did is they realized, okay, we need to make a massive platform change. And so they created a brand new company with its own team and they called it a different company and everything. And they built a brand new app. So they built a competitor to their product. <laughs> and then people were signing up for the com- the, com- the competitor and, you know, they started making revenue and stuff. And only once they felt like, okay, this is worth switching to. And these numbers, we can compare these numbers to our old numbers. Uh, then FreshBooks legally acquired that <laughs> company. And then they said we're, to their existing customers, we're switching to this new platform. And I think he said now about 90% of their existing customers have switched to the new platform. That's an interesting way to do it. Yeah. Did the did the team that was working on it know that it was related to the other company? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they 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 knew what was going on. But it was it was legally and functionally a separate team. Because the, the the risk there is, and we've seen this with some of our competitors, is you know you rebuild, you make V two, and you upset a lot of people, and yeah, uh, there's it's difficult to split test these things because it's possible you build something new that is worse. Yeah, for sure. And on the other hand, there's the base camp approach, which is we're going to build something new, and if you want to stay on base camp classic, that's fine. We'll we'll keep that running forever, but our marketing page, when you click sign up, is going to go to V4, and that's the, you can't sign up for a classic anymore. Uh, I mean, we're way far away from this. I'm not, and also, I mean, the dream, of course, is that you can iteratively upgrade your app as you go, and that it, you know, you just keep putting fresh new coats of paint, and keep changing the plumbing, and, and, uh, you know, the, the dream, of course, is that you never have to make a, a massive platform s- switch. Do you, do you think we're out of those days now? Or do you think it's still, I mean, obviously Basecamp keeps rebuilding theirs, but. I don't know. I I think it might depend on the, the industry you're in. Like, I feel like each iteration of Basecamp or version is a different way of managing projects. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, if we rebuild Transistor, it's not like podcasting has changed yeah so i think that's why they do it each version is different i don't there's certain i a couple versions in there i never used but Mm -hmm. or version two i don't know what it was but so you're saying if we had a massive new paradigm 
like maybe we we decided we wanted to get into the video podcasting game would that be a big enough switch that we would need to rebuild the platform? Or do you think even that could be iterative? No, because video podcasting is almost exactly the same as audio. Okay, what if Donald Trump outlaws RSS feeds? (laughs) 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 And, and And he implements a new spec that all American companies need to follow. This is a bad example already. Yeah, this is bad. I'm just going to go into a political rant now. Uh, bad example. <laughs> what if, um, what if the, I mean, that would be one. What if the, for some, somehow the RSS working group gets back together and actually releases a new version of the spec? That's fine. It's fine. It's only one small part of our app. Yeah. So I, 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 for, I, I don't know. Maybe not, maybe podcasting is a bad example. I don't know. I mean, it's, maybe we are out of that period where we need to rebuild things yeah i mean you've already rebuilt a podcast hosting app twice (laughs) that's true so i mean in some ways this is v2 um yeah 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 that's true and uh (laughs) and so that i think you know and really i think this dashboard and we have been you know building new things so like as an update from myself we had uh, we talked about creating a change log for our app mm-hmm. and I've been working on doing something like that. And so if you go to transistor.fm slash change log, you can see it. What to do that to kind of fill in, backfill everything. I went through every email newsletter I've ever sent out and where we had a feature announcement and I, I put that in. Okay. And um, going forward, our change log updates might not be like that. Maybe we'll, you know, I, I don't know how we'll structure them, but I just wanted to have something in there so I could look at it. It's amazing when you look at the cadence of releases, because we generally only tell people about major releases as well. It, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty consistent. And yeah. uh, there were a few of those updates from way back when I was like, whoa, our, our analytics used to look like this and, Hmm. oh yeah, we used to do, um, you know, this flow this way. That's crazy. So it is amazing how much an app can evolve just as you work on it. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah, it certainly is. I mean, I should, I should look back at our GitHub commits from, I guess from the beginning of time to now or when we, publicly released it till now mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to look at it because it, it we also have in github we have pull requests which are generally a feature or a fix or mm-hmm. something so you can actually go through all of our old pull requests too and see yeah it's been changed yeah maybe i should backfill some of that stuff too yeah by the way i want to try one more thing and i want to try it live right in the podcast for folks that are listening this is an experiment in in a, it's an experiment in making podcasts more engaging and interesting and maybe trying something that doesn't get tried very often. Uh, if you go to transistor.fm slash contest, I want to, I want to do a little contest and I want to start with our listeners. And the, I I think if this works, this might be something that I want to just introduce every so often, every so, you know, every, I don't know, handful of episodes or so. 
say, okay, hey, we're, right now, folks, we're dropping a new contest right here at timestamp 2610. And it's just for you. Go there now. And uh, this one ends at the end of February. But some of them I might make just like three or four days long. And the idea is if you're listening and you just go to that URL on your phone, you have the chance of being in before anyone else. Hmm. And maybe this is a model other podcasts can uh, follow to, I don't know, maybe it'll make things more interactive or maybe it won't. Maybe it'll just be dumb. But I, I feel like it's an experiment worth trying. So, yeah, I built this little page. Uh, I'm using uh, my friend Yaz. He, he's built this thing called Contest Kit that I'm, I'm trying out. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. Like, you just set all the nice. prizes, and then you can make it draw, like, throughout the contest, or you can make it do the draw at the end of the contest. And then it just, it just randomly selects all of the winners and notifies them by email. So hmm. yeah, right now we're I've got some microphones listed there. Um, you're probably right. I need to I need to <laughs> restrict where we ship that thing. But yeah, um, <laughs> I I also think an, another driver of that for me was I listened to a lot of new podcasts on our system, and a lot of folks could really improve their podcast just by getting a better microphone. And so I'm trying to think of ways you and I can encourage that. Uh, I think maybe a contest is one way. Another thing I'd like to think about is, again, uh, figuring out how we can get better microphones into the hands of folks that, you know, are creating interesting shows, but maybe don't have the funds right now to get a microphone. Uh, and, hopefully attracting more diversity into podcasting as well. I'm, I'm trying to think of ways we can encourage that. So this contest is kind of in that, in that world. It's not exactly in that world, but you know, yeah. it, one, one thought kind of led to another. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. So we'll try it out. Please. If you, if you live in Greenland, don't enter. <laughs> but if you win, a, if you win a microphone, it, the audio only works if you upload it to Transistor. Right? That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Wouldn't okay. wouldn't that be crazy if we <laughs> if we could like convince Samson to like enter this this something in the chip or something that created a frequency that only worked? <laughs> like you upload it to a a competitor and it just uh -huh. doesn't work. It's just like noise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna give away some uh, a free year of Transistor as well. So if you are interested in getting into podcasting, um, this might, that might be a good chance. And I think I'm, I'm going to give away some free shirts. I need to get you some more shirts. Uh, yeah, I was going to design a new one at one point, and I didn't. Yeah, I, yeah just, you just need to go into Printful and uh -huh. upload something. Yeah. I think I want to make some hats, too, with the, the basic emblem embroidered on it. Uh -huh. are, are you a hat wearer? Yeah, occasionally. Well, when it's warmer out. What do you like? Do you you like the flex fit or? I like the flex fit fitted hat. Okay. Um, I like that low pro hat. You know the the barista cap. Uh, no, the I'm not it's, familiar. The five panel. It's kind of like um, it's not quite a cycling cap. Like the cycling caps had that build though too. 
you know, in like Tour de France. Okay. Wow, man, it sounds like you need a cap education. <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> anyway, I think we're going to make some of that stuff. Printful is really, if folks haven't tried it out and they're, they're looking to dip their toes in, in making a little bit of swag, they do print on demand. And the print is not as good as if you'd screen printed it on. But it, oh, I'm wearing one right now. My I love yeah. PHP shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made this for Laracon. So nice. I've watched this probably 10 times and it's still the it's still fine. It it just does um it fades differently than a screen print. But they Yeah, screen prints are always that's like the the gold standard. Yeah. Uh but again, this is pretty this is pretty close. And they also do print-on-demand embroidery or embroidery-on-demand. And so you can get, like, instead of having to order 100 caps, we can just order one at a time. Uh, And the other thing is they've somehow gotten the shipping super cheap. So some items, like they have uh, print and fulfillment centers in the U.S., Asia, and Europe. And so... They can, you know, embroider it on demand, and sometimes the shipping is like three ninety five per item. Uh, no tracking on that, but still pretty good. Uh, anything else we should? Anything else going on that you're thinking about, talking about, working on? No, it's mostly uh, taking it bit by bit. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like take an hour or so and hand kind of like tackle one one part of one page or something and. Do you feel like make a list of sorry to interrupt? Do do you feel uh-huh. like you're getting enough maker time? Um, yeah, I do. Some days are different than others, but I think it's just a, a matter of me muting certain communication channels. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely times where I'm I'm easily distracted by an email or something in our support system or something on Slack that someone mentions me and it pulled me away. So. Mm-hmm. But I don't have, I have zero notifications on my computer. And most of my phone notifications are off all the time. Okay. So like, I don't, I don't see most messages unless I actively check it. So, and, and maybe just getting in the habit of closing Slack completely would. Yeah. I have a, a friend. Um, I think, I think he has actually introduced this to other companies he's worked at. So he, he used to work with a friend and they had this saying that, when they needed when they needed like time to work and not be interrupted they they would be like all right i'm going in the tank (laughs) right yeah and so is this a fish tank or a military tank uh more like a sound like a like an isolation tank an isolation chamber yeah but is so when a float tank people started yeah people started using slack they would just update their status with an with a tank, mm. like a military tank icon that meant don't bother yeah. me. I'm in the tank. I'm in the tank. I like it. I I mean, these are the things that uh can sometimes be tricky with remote companies because yeah. I can't just go and tap you on the shoulder, but I can definitely at mention you on GitHub and on Slack and you know, tapping someone on the shoulder at work is the worst mm, idea. Yeah. 
so bad, especially in open offices, which is what most people are in now. Yeah. It's just like, get away from me. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. My headphones are on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is one of the nice things I've liked about working in a co-working space is you get the benefit of being around people, but there's really no reason for someone to tap you on the shoulder unless they want to go for lunch. Right. Or like, since you run the space, if like the toilet is overflowing. Yeah. And there's like... <laughs> yeah. There's been... Maybe then. Yeah. There's th- those those things too, for sure. Uh, yeah. So, okay. Well, that's good to good to know. I, I, do, yeah. I do notice sometimes like, for me, I definitely need some times where I'm in maker mode. But a lot of my best work happens when I am getting distracted. Uh, and I, I think this is the difference between someone who is uh, maybe doing marketing is that part of it is, and maybe this is also why I don't struggle with Twitter as much as some of my developer friends. Mm-hmm. Part of my approach is to kind of be all places at once and to get notified and respond right away because then you're in the conversation right away. And some of those things are timely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes I need, it's, it's nice to be able to just follow a rabbit hole and then follow another rabbit hole and, uh, and, or get inspired in a moment and then, you know, turn on my camera and my microphone and record a video. Uh, I did that yesterday for our affiliate program and I had no plan to do that, but you know, I can do that in a space of 15 minutes Whereas there's other times where, like, I was working on this change log system and it was, you know, it was coding and then it was, like, uh, backfilling all of these old events and I closed everything for that. And then when I came back to I was like, whoa, <laughs> look, at, right. look at all this stuff in Slack and, uh, and in customer support. Yeah. Yeah, it's... <sighs> I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird thing that like, I mean, I'm generally of the mindset of like, all right, I'm going to do like, I'm going to do longer periods of, of, uh, concentrated work when I'm feeling up for it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's like later in the day and then the day is ending and you haven't quite finished what you wanted to do. And it's like, it's kind of a letdown because you're like, all right, I didn't actually finish this. Now I got to like, make a note of where I left off or then you just keep thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough. I really would rather be able to like get into a schedule of where I wake up in the morning and well, probably work out first, but then get into this habit of doing the more intensive work in the morning. Yep. Uh, but I haven't been able to do that. So <laughs> there's a good interview with Ryan Holiday, the author on Noah Kagan's podcast, and he talks a little bit about his routine. He's got he doesn't have a bunch of stuff in his calendar, but he just knows he loves to write. He wants writing to be the main thing that he does, mm-hmm. and so he does that first, and then meetings, email, everything else happens in the afternoon. Generally, I think that's a good approach. Uh, if you can manage it, I would much, I would much rather do that, but so what's, what's holding you back? I guess just getting it. I mean, I I just have to start and get in the habit. I think Mm -hmm. I haven't just haven't, I don't know what's necessarily holding me back. Mm -hmm. Um, what, what did that just remind you of? 
the I think you posted this or maybe not the um, Panic podcast about their podcasting app they made. Podcasting. Did you listen to that episode? Oh, yet? I haven't listened to that yet. No. Oh, it's hilarious. It's so funny. So why is it funny? Because because they just had a. So okay, go ahead. <laughs> so I, pa- Panic, the company that makes uh, they make Mac software and yeah. stuff. And iOS, uh, Coda, they, Transmit. Yeah, they're always doing like, I don't know. They're they're funny people. They do they do funny stuff and make some quirky apps. So they have a new podcast out, and the second episode is about this app they made for the iPhone, like right after the App Store was announced. And they made what was essentially a podcasting app, like one of the first. It was probably the first podcasting app, native podcasting app, okay, for the iPhone, but. It was sort of a jokey app in that you could subscribe to podcasts, but then this was at the time that fart apps were like all the rage, like they were the number one selling app in the app store. So this podcast app was like beautifully designed, but while you were listening to a podcast, it would analyze the audio for silences and just put in a random fart noise. (laughs) It's hilarious. They shipped that? They shipped it. But they actually started like a they started a fake company in Germany to sell it. <laughs> it, it you got to listen to it. It's great. We should link to it, but it is like oh my It's gosh. amazing. And apparently it was actually a good app. There were actually people like who paid 2 bucks for it and were like, "Hey, I actually really <laughs> like using this. Is there a way for me to turn off the fart noises?" <laughs> There's just so much about that that is just it's just the mwah. Yeah, you know, no, you got you got to listen to it. It's <laughs> okay, it's, fasc- it's fascinating. Oh, that is so funny. I think that's that's a good place to leave it today. Let's so, uh <laughs> let's see if Chris inserts some uh some noise <laughs> into the into the silence. <laughs> Sparingly, Chris. Yeah. Uh yeah, John, why don't you thank our Patreon supporters? All right. Yeah, thanks as always to uh our supporters on Patreon. We have Mason Hensley, uh, still don't know how to pronounce this. Uh, I'm going to try to guess. Borja Sol- Soler. I think that's right. We'll see. Ward Sandler, Eric Lima, James Sowers, Travis Fisher, Matt Buckley, Russell Brown, Evandro Sassi, Pradyumna Schembecker, Noah Prail, Robert Simplicio, Colin Gray, Josh Smith, Ivan Kirkovic, Brian Ray, Shane Smith, Austin Loveless, Simon Bennett, Michael Sitber, Paul Jarvis, and Jack Ellis. Dan Buddha, my brother, Darby Frey, Samori Augusto, Dave Young, Brad from Canada, Sammy Schugert, Mike Walker, Adam Devander, Dave Junta. Junta. And Kyle Fox from GetRewardful.com. How come my brother doesn't support this show? I don't know. Does he, <laughs> but, uh, know, you, does he know you have one? Probably not. I don't even know if he listens to the podcast. Okay. Would he listen to them if they had fart noises in them? Probably. He he would listen to it if I got embarrassed for sure. Okay. Like if if it... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you next week. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. 
They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.